Hello and welcome to Wing It Podcast, episode 35, a key experience I'll never forget. This is going to be a great episode about my experience in New Zealand in 2013, uh, which was the first time I went, um, and talking about the key experience and what it is and what you actually experience on the on the bus and also a bit of uh, New Zealand here and there. So I'll kick off um, with key experience. What is it? Well, Q Experience is a green bus, which is like a hop-on, hop-off bus tour of New Zealand. Um, it's purely aimed at maybe the youngish crowd, so we're talking like, I don't know, 19 to maybe early 30s. And um, the whole idea is that you would pick a route that they offer, and it gives you a year pass to complete that route, and you get on and off as many times as you want, and you can change your route as many times as you want. And the whole idea is it's make it a bit of a seamless travel from north to south island or whatever route you do. Um, historically, it started because um, three travellers came back um, from their travels in 1988, um, three Kiwis, and they came back and they sort of thought, oh, you know, let's try and think of an independent way of travelling New Zealand. So they thought of um, having this hop-on, hop-off bus tour of New Zealand. And it's kind of grown to what it is now, um, which is called the Kiwi Experience. Um, you can check them out on their website, Kiwi Experience, as well. And also, um, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a reputation in New Zealand for being a bit of a party bus. Um, there's a various names for it, party bus, the bus, the shag bus, whatever you want to call it. It's got a bit of a reputation, but there are many just backpackers from around the world um, enjoying each other's company and doing some cool stuff. Now, um, when we went, we went to STA Travel and we're like, okay, we've heard about this um, Q experience. Um, Q tells more and she absolutely recommended it 100%. Um, but when you actually choose a route, there's quite a lot of routes to choose from. So these routes can go from Auckland um, all the way down to Dunedin, I believe. And they can do loops. You can start and finish anywhere you want. Um, there's no real rule, rules to that. Um, but it's quite daunting to try and figure out one that's best for price and sort of covering the main bits of New Zealand. So she recommended that uh, Mike and I would do should do the um, Funky Chicken, it's called. It's kind of one of the most popular choices um, that they offer. And they kind of go around New Zealand, North and South Island, for about 22 days. And they sort of tick off all the main elements in New Zealand that kind of most packers do. So... The sort of structure of the podcast is I'm going to follow the funky chicken route and actually tell you some stories and things that we got up to when we're on that bus route. So that should be a pretty cool way of doing it. It makes it a bit easier for me as well. So yeah, you can check them out at kiwiexperience.com. Um, I think if you go to the hop on, hop off bus passes um, page, you can see all the different types that are there. Um, so we, yeah, we're flying into Auckland. That's where we're going to start, Auckland. And we decided to finish in Auckland. Not many people do that full loop. Um, I'll come back to that as why why people don't do that. But in hindsight, I think we probably should have finished in Queenstown or Christchurch. But at the time, you book what you book, um, and that's fine. That's what we did. Nothing wrong with that. So we had about three or four days in Auckland, um, milling about after Asia. I'll be honest, Asia was Southeast Asia was crazy for three months. It was nonstop boozing activities meeting people sun sea the whole lot so we thought you know what three or four days in Auckland gonna chill out play a bit of pool watch a bit of sport no drinking a few English breakfasts here and there and prepare ourselves for this bus so to give you a little bit of an idea of the price um this funky chicken pass specifically um, at the minute, it cost around $1,289 New Zealand dollars. And for my US and Canadian peeps out there, that includes tax. Now, what does this cover? This covers um, unlimited travel for a year. Now, obviously, a lot of people go there and um, they sort of like do what we did. 22 days, all in, leave, done. But actually, you can be flexible for a whole year. So... I don't know, you want to do 10 days in January, then you want to do 10 days in June, 10 days in December, absolutely fine, you can do that, no problem. Um, 
what does this pass include? It includes um, travel across New Zealand for a start, and you can change your route at any point. So let's say you get to Wellington, for example, but you want to say a week instead of three days. You can do that, and then you just make sure you have to book on to the next bus that leaves um, Wellington. Now, Wellington's quite a hot spot, so they'll leave every every day, I think, but certain places on, in New Zealand don't leave every day, so you need to plan ahead for that. Um, what they also do is the, the queue experience. They kind of give you the best prices on activities. Um, they also give you a guaranteed priority on accommodation, which they use, which is primarily base, base hostel and sometimes nomads. It doesn't mean you have to book there, but they can give you a promise that they have a bed for you um, that day. And what happens is you don't really plan in advance. You just plan as you go. So day one to day two, day three, you don't book your accommodation and you do that as you go on. So um, the whole point is to kind of be a bit more flexible with your travel. That's the whole point of the whole thing. Um, and also what comes included in that is a good, fun, informative driver. Um, I'll be honest, we had two drivers, one from North Island, one from South Island. And one was fun, informative, and quite cool. The other, not so. And I'll go into that a bit further on. So, yeah, we had it all booked pre-New Zealand. We arrived in Auckland, had a three or four days. We got a little bit bored, checked out Auckland as much as possible, and we hopped on our bus. And our driver was Dave. And I believe he still works for Key Experience. He's been there for 20-odd years. A real cool guy. Got a few stories about him. We'll come to them in a minute. Um, so what happens is you get a location in Auckland, they pick you up, and you sort of meet your group for the first time. So also the whole idea of this is if you've got a group that you really get on with and you love, you're going to stick with them, and you'll just kind of all stick to either the funky chicken route as per usual, or you maybe stay an extra day somewhere all together. Um, what we did find is, um, which I'll come to more later, is that sometimes that if someone stays extra from the group before that you don't know, that could clog up the bus. And there was a few times where we weren't even guaranteed a seat on the bus. It's a bit of a nightmare, really. Um, and some people were actually hitchhiking to the next place, which is easy to do in New Zealand. But um, I do recall that happened a few times. Not all the time, just a few. Um, so what would happen? What I would advise is if you go there, you stick to your group and you, and you like them, kind of all plan together and make sure you get that seat on the next bus and don't change too much if you don't. Um, want to really but if you really want to stay somewhere then you can obviously uh, but most people are on a time limit anyway so unless you've got unlimited time or you're probably on a work permit and um, where you're trying to figure out where to stay um, most people kind of stick to the routine just sip my tea right so picked up North Island first half of the trip start in Auckland um, and you meet up first in various points in Auckland and you all get on the bus and you just don't know each other yet and everyone's sussing each other out um so me and Mike hopped on the bus and the first port of call for the funky chicken is the hot water beach um so I remember hot water beach um for a couple of things you get to see Cathedral Cove on this leg of the bus tour and it's unbelievable Cathedral Cove in the Coromandel is top notch um you can kayak around there. Um, it's got that little like arch cave in the water that you can sort of paddle through or go and eat. I think you can walk through it at certain tides, um, which is pretty cool. And it's a pretty spectacular scene when you sort of like walk down, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes down from where the bus parks and back up again. I've done it since the queue experience and you don't have to be on a queue experience to do that. Like It's just an independent thing as well. And then after that, we went to Hot Water Beach. So I've been there twice as... Um, a, a lot of these places I have Hot Water Beach is pretty cool it's um, a beach again in the Coromandel near Cathedral Cove and it's by the sea but there's thermal pools coming from the I guess it's the, the volcanic um, earth underneath and you can build a little sand pit where they clash so kind of boiling not boiling hot water but real hot water then you mix it in with the cold seawater make a nice little hot bath and you sit in there and bathe for a while and you can do this at any sort of temperature really um so for our group it was a bit of a straight in you know bikinis out and all that and then boxer shorts out and all sort of getting in a bit half naked um not really knowing each other but it kind of broke the ice a little bit and um, we've done hot water beach and we went back to 
the, the sort of the place where he was staying, and it's kind of like a cabin or yeah, sort of like a big cabin or not barn, but converted into like a different types of dorm rooms. And we're sort of oh, well, me and Michael staying together. We didn't know. I can't remember who we shared with at the time, but the general feel at this point is that we're getting to feel each other out and sort of like get to know each other really. And we sort of start to mingle. So I'll tell you the people who we met um, on our bus first off. And these are the same people that we travel with throughout North Island. So they're a decent group. So we had the three lads, um, which we call them the three lads, Tristan, Will, Elliot, private schooled, knew that straight away. Weren't quite sure of them at the start. Um, a bit basic, a <laughs> um, bit younger. Me and Mike were 23, 24, they were 18. Um but seemed fairly all right. But they kind of stopped themselves a little bit. Um, but as the night went on, we got to know them a bit better and we started to grow on them a little bit. And I remember um, two Swedish girls, Therese and Sophia as well. Um, we started chatting with them and they're pretty cool um, straight off the bat. Then we had Jess, who I think was studying in Norwich. So I mean, that's a connection with Norwich there. Um, a guy called Alex uh, um, and another guy called Michael. And then we had uh, Sophie and then we had Jonathan Page who were together, two Swedish girls, Rebecca and Olivia. Then we had some Danish girls, uh, Kathy and Julie, uh, a British girl called Hannah, uh, a British guy called Greg. And we had the two Ruperts, um, come to them later on, and an American girl called Katie. So this is kind of the main group at the time. There might be a few other people, but this is the main core of the group. And we all got, we all started to get on really well. And I, th- I find that this group kind of got closer to each other when you do like activities um so yeah sort of hot water beach was kind of the first sort of start where like you kind of have a few beers and get to know each other nothing too scandalous there so from hot water beach you travel to waitomo that's the next stop and waitomo is kind of known for a couple of things you can either do some black water rafting um but the main thing that we did was a uh, a gorge walk and then go and see the Waitaimo uh, glowworm um, caves. So in the caves, it just looks like um, sort of like a nice star, starry night um, above you where the glowworms are sort of like luminous in the dark. Pretty cool. Bit of a walk. Again, the group starting to get to know each other a bit more. Um, nothing really going on at this point. Um, a bit of a reserve day. Uh, two days really. Um, bit of beach bit of caving that sort of thing um and the accommodation is pretty cool now for the next stage nothing else to say about that you have to go to Rotorua which is the main one of the main parts in uh, north on the north island in New Zealand so Rotorua was where it kind of start we started to come together as a group and in Rotorua we done a few things um which I loved um, we done the Tamaki Mary Village evening show and this evening is, um, I think it's about $40. Got to put it out there, so maybe a bit more. You might get this kind of queue experience. But what you do here is um, the Marys sort of get dressed up. Um, it's like a village. You go to a village. All the tourists come in. There's a hacker at the start. There's a welcome to the village. A bit of a ceremony. And then there's like different stations in the village where you go and learn about the culture. And at the end, you have a, a big, huge buffet. And it's like a big roast, all the roast meats, all the vegetables you could imagine. And it's cooked in a hangi, which is like an underground oven. So we've done that. But where we started to really like get to know each other a bit better and have a bit of a laugh is there's some Maori games. And the competition has started to set in where you sort of, they teach you some Maori language. And it's like, you know, go left or go right. And you have sticks and you throw in sticks. And you, I think the Maoris are getting a bit, you know, a bit physical and you're trying to push them over and that sort of stuff. And you kind of, started to see that the bit of characters come in the group. And this is where me and Mike started to really get on well with the lads, the three lads. And also um, quite a lot of the girls were like quite quite fun at this point because they're kind of laughing at us and trying to like, we're kind of messing about a little bit. Um, but the, the actual Maori Village Evening Show was awesome because we kind of got to learn more about the culture in New Zealand. Um, and going forward, that's pretty key if you want to stay there. And at the end, we had this huge buffet. Now at the end had the buffet, stuffed ourselves as much as we could. And then, um, because we learned the hacker during the 
sort of when you go around the village, they asked us to perform it at, in the evening. So our group had to stand up. Um, most, most of the la- all the lads, a few of the girls, and we all done the hacker. So we sort of performed that to the like the big wider tourist group that was there, and that's pretty cool. We got a bit, you know big clap at the end, a big cheer. So that was pretty decent. Um, and then we kind of had a few drinks after that and went back to the hostel, which was base. Now a word of base. Base hostels, pretty basic, um, pretty run down, not the best, you know, a bit mouldy, a bit earthy, but unfortunately for the Q experience, sometimes that is the main um, hostel to stay in. Um, Nomads that we did stay in a few times is much better, a bit more exp- uh, expensive, but a bit of a better hostel to stay in. Um, so yeah, that was kind of cool that night, right Rua, we had a few... Um, beers as well and also we had a day there to check out the town which is a really weird town Rotorua is kind of like built on a sort of field of volcanic activity so you can see like steam coming up from the ground all the lakes and the bits of water boiling water um, from the volcano and it stinks of sulphur which kind of smells like shit Um, so we kind of done that for another day and then we popped off to Taupo that was the next stop now, Taupo was the first place we had a proper night out. And this is where some stories come out. But first of all, that, um, Taupo, what can you do there? Well, I've done the skydive there. So I've done my 16,000 um, foot skydive. Unbelievable. I think there's only five or six of us have done this. I think the tra- I think the Swedish girls, Trace and Sophia, done it. Um, maybe Katie, the American, I can't remember. But only five or six of us jumped in the uh, pink plane in our sort of like jumpsuits and um, yeah we hopped off the plane at 16,000 feet now I love heights I can do um, most things at heights doesn't scare me. hands are hard here I was not scared um, a bit of a thrill really um, I, you know, I remember sitting on the edge of the plane and you have that th- two or three seconds where you sort of like put you on top of the edge of the plane you're looking over the edge going right are we going to go in a minute and then he sort of flips you over unbelievable feeling now, I've done one previously, uh, about six, seven years before that. And now my one bit of advice, this might sound basic, but I didn't know this at the time. But when you're falling at that altitude, at that pace, about 120 miles an hour, about 45 seconds to a minute free fall, breathe for your nose. Cannot breathe for your mouth because you can't catch your breath. So the first time I felt I was dying. I was like, oh, fuck, like, what is this thing? Could not enjoy it in the slightest. I wasn't even scared of the height. Just couldn't breathe, and I was actually that was a big relief when the parachute came out. So this time I was like, right, no, I got to do mouth closed, breathe out my nose, arms out, and let's have some fun. Um, yeah, edge me forward, edge me out of the plane, twizz me around in a circle, three sixty degree views of Taupo, Lake Taupo, mountains all around, unbelievable view, blue water, could not get any better. That was like one of the highlights of my trip that that year. And um, I think we had about a minute free fall and then pop the parachute open and you sort of glide down for 15 minutes until you land. It's just an unbelievable, thrilling experience. And I, want, I can't wait to do it again, as well as like paragliding, the hand gliding is sort of like my main thing um, to do next. Um, another story from... Well, we'll get into the stories now for over. So that was the main... Uh, sorry, Talbo. That was the main thing for Talpo. Um skydive and then you sort of go and see the Hucker Falls which is one of the most photographed places in New Zealand worth seeing Hucker Falls our driver Dave says right you can either go to the main spot where everyone else goes or I can drive you a little bit around somewhere else and tell you a secret little hike up and get a proper view of it like yeah let's do that he goes and there's a waterfall at the top um, as well as the Hucker Falls like, you can get a different view everyone's buzzing for that so we hop off the bus and uh, we walk off about 10, 15 minutes. Bit of a high cut, not not too bad. Um, and he says, right, found the spot. Now, this spot was unbelievable. It was like on the edge of the trail. He could pop up on the wooden beams, because obviously they're kind of built. So he stood there, sat on the beams, took the cameras, and you go and stand, probably a little bit legally, over the fence and by the waterfall. And he takes your photograph. Unbelievable photograph. I don't think I got one, actually. Um, but most people did so what he does is one by one he calls you you get your photo brilliant 
Now, me and Mike were at the back of the queue, um, kind of like waiting our turn. And I think there's about three or four people in front of us. Um, I think we might be the last ones, actually. Now, Dave takes the camera from this girl. Now, I'm going to describe what I saw, and I can still remember today. Imagine playing cricket um, in the ashes. You're in a slip cordon. To win the ashes, you've got to take that catch. Now, what do you normally see sometimes? They fumble and drop the ball, right? So what, is, what Dave done is, I don't know how he really got mixed up, yet, but he had a few cameras already on the go, took this, girl cam, this girl's camera, fumbled, went up, went down, he sort of reached out, nearly fell off the edge, and then the camera just tumbled into the water, into the waterfall, and everyone's in a state of shock. And Dave is quite a strange character. I don't think he's very empathetic or knows how to show empathy, really, but we're like, Dave, what, what's happened? He goes, well, I sort of had the camera and I had it in my hands, fumbled a little bit, and it fell into the water. And the girl was like, what? And he's like, yeah, sort of had it in my... He repeated it again. Had it in my hands, sort of fumbled up in the air, fell in the water. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And the girl just started bursting out crying. All her previous four months of travel photos gone in an instant. So what happens next is me and Mike like, right, let's just get our photo um, quickly. I think it's on Mike's camera. I don't, still don't have it. And then we quickly rush back to the bus. Now the bus is unaware. The girl goes run onto the bus and she's screaming, crying eyes out. Now me and Mike and a few others explained that what happened and they bus people, people couldn't believe it. Now Dave wanted to get a move on to the next place. Well, I guess it's the Taupo, I guess, um, the actual town, but some of the guys said, nope, we're not going. We're going to get our snorkeling gear, go in the waterfall and try and find it. So they went for 45 minutes to no avail. That girl was hysterical and in a mood and with Dave and like upset, understandably so, for two or three days to the point I think she changed her route to not be with Dave. So not great on Dave that. But, you know, as he said on the... Because they have a little microphone on the on the bus. He said, sometimes accidents happen. You put my, you put your trust in me. He's kind of passing the blame off a little bit. Um, yeah, not not great. Not a great start, that. So, um, yeah, that was the first story. Now, Talpo, another story. First night out. Um, now, we went to the bar. And the bar is at the bottom of the hostel. Handy. And they're having that game where Paddy McGuinness, um, the no lighty, no likey game, can't remember what it's called. And basically that means they have three contestants, the girl chooses one, well, the guys beep out, and then the girl chooses one at the end. And I think Elliot was involved in this, he was one of the guys, and I think one of the girls who's choosing is actually on a bus as well, can't remember her name, but... They got asked a series of questions and poor Elliot, he's only 18 at this point. I don't think it's much life experience going on at this point. And they asked him, well, she she gets asked a question, so she asked them all what their favourite sex position was. Now, Elliot, come up with doggy. It's a classic, everyone kind of knows it, so you think. And when he answered that, he got asked to perform it. Now, instead of performing doggy, he performed missionary and everyone was in absolute stitches and he got bleeped out but somehow I don't know how he got let off that because he was back in the game later on because I think I think there was no one left but they wanted to have someone left at the end because it's kind of like a bit harsh on the girl at that point and he actually ended up winning it and I think the girl who kind of won with him had a double bed for the night which was paid and Elliot, I think, rejected that advance, which is a bit harsh on the girl. But that was a story in Talpo, and that, that night out was crazy. Lots of drinking. Not really anywhere to go in Talpo, but, um, yeah, that's kind of where the, the group kind of bonded, because they had you know, a bit of a drinking session, a bit of a dance, a bit of a laugh. Um, and also I was on a high from the skydive. Um, so that was kind of like Talpo. Bit of, bit of dropping a camera in a waterfall story. A uh, bit of a skydive and a bit of a night out. Brilliant. After Talpo, um, it's a bit of a 
big one that you stay here for a few days some people do the Tongariro crossing uh, we didn't do that I would love to do it next time I go it's on the list next stop is called to River Valley uh, River Valley is a little kind of accommodation big well it's quite big it's a big hut cabin accommodation but in the middle of the valley you go all the way down and it is literally by a river in a valley there you go and what you do here is um, kind of like rafting, like water rafting or horse riding. Now me, don't like water. Horse riding, not my scene. So the people who don't want to do that, I guess, I think we just chilled out in this like awesome cabin. Had one of the best English breakfasts in New Zealand there. Bit pricey, but unbelievable. And kind of had a few beers at night and sort of chatting really. Um, and then that was kind of like, River Valley for a night. Some people went white water rafting. It looked crazy. There's the classic story. Oh, we nearly fell in and died. It probably happens all the time, but the instructors kind of insisted that that time with our group, that was a different level. And some guy pulled some, some of the group out of the, out of the water. So that all happened. Um, but not really much to say with River Valley. It's a pretty cool um, area to be in though. Um, probably would like to go back actually and check out more. Now, I'm the Funky Chicken. That is the last stop for Wellington. Now, Wellington, bottom of North Island, is the break point of this. To the point where you stay here for three nights um, and you all book on for the fourth day back on the bus. But you can also stay a bit longer if you want. And some people end their trip there as well. But from what I recall, the base group that I mentioned at the start of this podcast, they all stayed. Um, so we all knew that they're going to go on to the South Island, but there's going to be like half, maybe half a bus left, which a new group will come into. So I'll come to that in a minute. Wellington, I think I've talked a lot about Wellington before, because I went to live there after this for a year. Um, has a, a plethora of options. Um, Mount Victoria, the Papa Museum, Cuba Street, um, great coffee. There's a wet studio tour. There's a Landia. Um, hurricanes, um, the parliament is there, um, great food as well, unbelievable coffee, um, you've got the, the base in the cricket ground there as well, so unbelievable amount of times, uh, unbelievable amount of things to do there, um, and I would highly recommend you stay there. I love it that much that I want to go back and live there, that's why we went back um, several years later. Uh, Wellington, we had some nights out planned at Courtney Place, a few bars, a few clubs, a bit of dancing, a bit of... Yeah, it's kind of got a bit dressed up a little bit. Again, stayed at base hostel. I think it's on Cambridge Street. Bit of a shithole. Um, but yeah, we kind of like all reflected on our trip there. Um, we all knew each other well at this point, And I think we had a good, strong base of group um, of the group. So I think we kind of like bonded well. Um, the one story from Wellington that I do remember is we went to a Hurricanes match, uh, which is uh, Rugby Union, in case you don't know pretty decent team they've got half the All Blacks in that team and watched a game I think they won went down to the bottom area and I think Ben Franks was there rugby player uh, I think Elliot or Will was getting a bit of a bit, bit, bit of chat because I think New Zealand lost to England that year about oh, how, how crap they were they lost to England and Ben Franks replied with don't worry boys that was just a piss up end of year piss up no dramas so put us down there pretty quickly and then Teresa, uh, one of the Swedish girls, wanted to meet one particular player, this French player who's playing for Hurricanes, don't know his name. What happens is he was sitting maybe four or five rows behind us. And I think he was chatting to maybe his parents or someone like that. And Teresa went, oh, can I go and grab a story? Uh, sorry, <laughs> go and grab a um, photo with you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So she goes up, sits on his knee to get a photo. And I think he said something like, oh, what's the matter? And she's like, oh, I'm a bit nervous. And he replied with, don't be nervous, just enjoy it. And she was like, what do you mean? He goes, just enjoy being with me. And she went, oh, fuck off, and then walked off. <laughs> what a knobhead. What an absolute knobhead. Anyway, remember that from the uh, Hurricanes match. Um, so, South Island. So the funky chicken, yeah, you, you crack onto the South Island after that. On the ferry you go. Um, which is the Abel Tasman to Kai Tiritiri, which is kind of the start of Abel Tasman National Park. Um, so at this point, 
on the ferry, the new crowd jumped in to the bus. Instantly, a few things we noticed. A little bit older. So the crowd we had at the minute was, I think me and Mike were one of the oldest ones in that, you know, like they're kind of 18 to 22. Me and Mike were 23, 24. Me and Mike's 25. The new crowd, our age or, or above. So that was the difference there. Uh, instantly, we instantly realised that the two groups were generally not going to get on that well because the new group kind of stuck together, which is fair enough. The new trying to break into this group has been on the queue experience for about, I don't know, 10 days. And the new group, just for, the whole group was a bit immature and a bit young, which is fair enough because it's messing about pissing out all the time. Me and Mike were stuck in the middle. We had allies on both sides. We kind of like hung out with both groups. Both were great in their different ways. Um, but yeah, we got to meet each other in Abel Tasman National Park. Um, so from what I remember, um, the core group from the South Island contingent was Chris, Emma, um, who were together. Two Scotch girls, Karen and Aline. Aline. And then we had Kiri, the Irish girl, Taylor, another Scottish guy, Kaylee from Essex, Jill, I think it's from Watford, and a guy called Mike. Um, I think there's a few more on there, but they didn't really know them that well. Joined our bus and, yeah, started to get to know us. Now, we got to Kai Tiri which is, I said at the start, Abel Tasman. But Chris kind of got taken in by the lads in our group. Um, like me, Mike, the three lads, Johnny, and then Chris, Alex as well. Um, and we all love Chris. Like, Chris is such a cool guy. Um, arguably one of the people I kind of liked the most from the whole trip and he kind of loved football a bit of loud bands and even though he was there with his girlfriend Emma he always, always had a bit of time for us to, you know, a few beers and a bit of chat so that was great um, but the rest of the guys were okay weren't really a fan of this group so we got to Kaito too we had a great um, sort of get together there got a few good great photos there um, and that's kind of the start of the South Island trip. On Kaitiri you head down. So you head to Westport. Westport's a bit of a surfing town on the West Coast. You don't really do much there. You can do a bit of surfing, a bit of stand-up paddleboarding, but um, I don't really recall doing too much on Westport. So from Westport, you come to one of the main sort of activities on the queue experience where you go to Lake Mahanapua. And the main thing here is the Lake Mahanapua Hotel. Now, this hotel is known for its parties, and it's called the Poo Party. Um, don't really know what's called Poo Party, but when we arrived, um, there's a couple of rules here. Now, first of all, the guy who owned the Poo, the poo Party Destination has always been a regular on the queue experience. He actually died a few weeks before we arrived and his family who were there insisted that we carry on as per normal. The rules of this party is pretty simple. It's fancy dress. You get given a letter of the alphabet and a type of costume. So the bus driver, I think was called Bridget, um, who wasn't really a bit of a bit of fun sponge. She said the letter is P and the type of costume is bin bags. So that's our fancy dress. So we all went off to Greymouth on the West Coast, not greatest place in New Zealand, and bought our stuff um, there. Now, what you do is you get your stuff, you come back, and everyone spends about one to two hours making their costume. And we had an unbelievable array of costumes. Me and Mike went as bagpipes, so we got pretty basic. We got toilet roll, the tube in the middle, Stuck it to our bin bags and put them across our body. Pretty basic. We had like baby pee. We had, uh, I think the Joker somehow. I don't know how we made that as pee. Um, maybe because the guy plays the Joker. Not really sure. But all these people were dressed up. And what you have, what happens is you get dressed up and you go to the sort of pub area and it's like I've got a pool table, a darts board and a huge drinking bar. It's kind of like an old school British pub, actually. And what happens is people get voted the best, the worst dress, um, a few dancing games, a few drinking games, and you sort of essentially start drinking. 
and you start drinking probably straight after dinner, which is probably about seven. And this night out went from seven till probably about two a.m. Absolute carnage, drinks galore. Um, I think we were just like getting a bit loose. Um, some people were trying to get to each other. This is where people really finally like let go a little bit. Drinking games, singing songs, ping pong. Um, what else was there? Beer pong as well. Bit of bromance going on. Chundering was going on. Booziness was going on. People sort of falling away hour by hour. And I think at the end, there's only a few people left. Um, a few couples went off to their own respective rooms. Um, we found out about them the next morning. And I think the rest of us were just drinking as, as much as we could. Now, the rule and Kiwi experience is you have to be on the bus next morning, otherwise they leave you behind. A bit of pressure there. So I think Mike and I did go to the end. I think I remember Chris being baby pee. He was absolutely boozed. Um, I think one of the lads was kind of dressed up. I don't know what he was dressed up as, but he was just kind of almost naked. But um, a few bin bags on, that was it. So everyone got to know each other. It was a real good laugh. And the stories next morning came out. Certain people got with each other. Certain people got rejected with each other. And also, um, a few hangovers, I think, was, was there next morning. By a miracle, everyone made the bus. Um, got on, and you should see the state of this bus. It is just one of pain. Hungover. Probably got a headache. Don't want to be on this bus. Don't want to travel next on this bus. Want to stay, want to sleep, but not not a chance. Got to go to the next destination. So I've got some photos from that night. It's quite hard to explain on a podcast, kind of like what people are dressed as. So I'm going to share some of those in my stories this week on my Instagram. Um, but the poo party is, is for sure a carnage night out or night in, should we say. And people just got a bit loose. Um, yeah. Um, I think I'll leave that at that. So after that, you can go see the Pancake Rocks next if you want. Um, from from there, you sort of go to Franz Joseph, but you go via the like, Pancake Rocks. Now, I do remember um, at the Pancake Rocks, like we were sitting down having a cup of tea. Must have been around lunchtime. People kind of like semi-recovered. And I remember sitting in the cafe and there's a bit of gossip flying around. So one of the Swedish girls... What name? Um, got one of the lads, I think, and not many people knew about this. That I was caught gossiping, not not proud of this. I was sat there. I had a few people to my right, people to my left. Oh, got some gossip here. This person got with this person, and lo and behold, as soon as I start divulging into the gossip, right behind me stands Olivia. Now, I don't think she was best pleased. Um, and I kind of had to backtrack and apologise for that, but kind of said it already. But it's not like people didn't really know, but sort of confirmed the gossip, really. But I think she stormed off at the cafe a bit annoyed, so I had to hold my, hold my hands up there and say sorry about that. And we arrived to Franz Joseph um, after that, um, and buzzing, I think everyone just loved that whole night out at the poo party. And Franz Joseph is where some people do stay a bit longer because it's unbelievable there. And the main thing here that we all did was the glacier hike. Um, you sort of get in a helicopter up to the up to the glacier. You dive in and out of the ice um, with pick axles and your big ski coats and stuff, and have a great time on the ice. You know, not not great for claustrophobic people. Um, you do get stuck in between some real thin bits of ice, but real good fun. Had a great group, and our group was the last to go up before the weather changed. Um, I don't really think they should have flown up on them, but they did anyway. Got there safely. Love the helicopter ride. Again, I love flying, so that was a great view on the way up. Um, yeah, so when I went on that, we all went to the thermal pools afterwards. So from ice to hot volcanic water. And we all had a bit of a debrief there, and it was unbelievable. Like People just buzzing, all these activities. It was a, like, everyone was like on a high from the night out, from the glacier hike, thermal pools as well. And some, you know, some people had a few beers that night as well, but some people were staying, so we said goodbye to a few people. I think Karen was going um, with Alida, her, her friends. I think they were staying a bit longer, and yeah, we kind of said goodbye to them. Um, the next morning, we had a great little football match on a five-a-side pitch, which overlooked the, the Franz Joseph Mountain. 
unbelievable view. Bit of a six aside. Chris running the show in the middle of the park. The rugby lads, who are the three lads, can't play football, but they're getting stuck in. Me and Mike kind of warping about, trying to do some good stuff on the pitch. But yeah, that was a real good game. Um, and then we jumped on the bus to Wanaka. Wanaka, it's kind of smaller of a green Queenstown, really. Um, in in Wanaka, you kind of see, I think it's Roy's Peak. Um, there's a few walks. The Wanaka tree is obviously worth seeing as well. Not really much going on there. I don't think much happened there for us. It was a bit of a chill out time, but the main reason for that is because Queenstown was next and that's where all the stuff happens. So one thing from Wanaka is the Rupert's. Now, Rupert's on a bus from one's from Norwich, one's from somewhere else. They went to one of the oh, big private schools in the south. Now, what happens is these Rupert's dress together, stay together, never apart. One morning, we got on the bus. One Rupert is not there. And I remember Chris going, Rupert, where's Rupert? And Rupert's like, don't know, I haven't seen him. And he's like, don't you like stay in the same room together and stuff like that? He goes, yeah. He's like, did you see him this morning? He went, yeah. So where is he now? He's like, I don't know. And for some reason, he didn't realise that Rupert was missing. It was a bit weird. Um, but these guys were just a different level um, in terms of their weirdness. Like I remember one time on the bus, they were playing with like balloons. It was like I'd never seen a balloon before. Blowing it up, banning it around the, the whole coach and like letting it out and the, the, the big high screechy noise. It's just a bit weird. Like, I just couldn't believe it. It's just like, nah, maybe they're like four or five years old and never seen balloons before. But lovely guys, but a little bit strange. And I think Chris also loved uh, some of the gear they were wearing. It wasn't really um, what you call normal. To finish on the Rupert's, one of the Rupert's in the bar one night from the bus. And New Zealand is not cheap. So you get to the bar, people having one drink, sometimes maybe two. Like you give a designated nights out, but the ones in between, now you just keep it low a little bit while. This Rupert has been seen early in the day on the phone to his mum, and I quote you on this, saying, well, you wanted me to come on this trip, so I need more money. That's what he said to her on the phone. So I think he got that money, well, how much that was. And when he got to the bar... And said, I'll get, I'll get around if you want. He brought out a Coots card. Now, Coots card. I think the Queen has a bank with them. And um, we couldn't believe what we we're seeing. We're like, what the hell is this? I've got my basic STA travel card. And this guy brings out a Coots card. Get the rounds in ASAP quick. Um, yeah, they're, they're the Ruperts. Um, yeah, cool guys, but a bit weird. Got to Queenstown. Um, and this is where most people finish their trip, to be honest. Um, a lot of stuff to do in Queenstown, um, mainly based kind of around drinking, but there's a few things to do. Now, Queenstown, we've done the luge. Luging at the top, you get your gondola up to the top of the mountain, and it's a luge. I think I told a story before, but I'll tell it again. It's a downhill race on a track. All you've got in this little luge is a brake, brake pedal, so you just brake and go downhill. Gravity will take care of the rest. Now, there's all the lads on this. And there's a bit of competition there. You don't want to finish last. You definitely would like to finish first. And off we go. First out of, I think it was five we had booked in. Sort of got to know the track. I think I came in third or fourth. Not great. Not the worst. That was fine. Second time round, I thought, no, I'll push it a little bit more. So I went around the corner. And towards the end of the track, it's a little bit kind of thin and the corners aren't as wide I absolutely flew down clipped the corner of the curb flipped my luge and I was mid-air landed on my front it's concrete scraped on my arms scraped on my front and I was just in tatters really confidence shot now when we finished that the boys were waiting for me and said what the hell happened and the guy who ran the cameras on the track called us over he said look at this and there's me, there's a camera angle of me, midair, flipped with the luge behind me, almost like Superman. We begged him if we can have that um, clip, but he said, no, it's not great publicity for the whole and safety of the whole activity, and he wouldn't let us have it. 
But he said, look, look at it for another like 10 or 15 seconds. It's quite funny. I was laughing, but I was hurting. I finished my trips down, but I was my confidence was gone. No, unfortunately. Um, I did go back once a few years later, but I still don't trust it. Don't trust myself. So Queenstown, um, we all had a bit of a night out there. Went for pizza. I think it's called the World's End Bar. I think it's called the World's End Bar, yeah. Pizza. And we said goodbye to the whole group because some people leave sporadically, some people stay on the bus. We were staying on the bus and there's a few of us that were carrying on to Christchurch. But night out in the teapot bar, which is basically teapots of cocktails and you sort of feed your mouth with a teapot. Um, people get a bit emotional, a few arguments, a few home truths, a few last-ditch attempts to get with one another. And then that was it. That was my, I'd say that's arguably the cute experience for me. Um, the rest of it is kind of like seeing bits and pieces on the way back to Auckland. But um, a few people done the bungee jumps. Mike done his, absolutely, absolutely owned it. Absolute baller. Some people kind of stay at the top and don't dare jump. Mike jumped out like a bird. Uh, one person in the group um, told us that when she got to the top, very nervous. The guys who are doing the bungee jump, you know, the guys who work there, were like, nope, we'll help you. Do you want a little push? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently they called 321. And on the push, as soon as they pushed her, they went, no, no, don't, don't. And like absolutely freaked her out. Um, and she like shouted her mouth off as she like fell down the bungee. But they're just obviously joking with her. But yeah, it's a bit chilling, really. Quite funny, though. Uh, also in Queenstown, we had a night out, this night out at the Teapot Bar. Chris and I committed to watching, I think, an Arsenal game against Man United at 3am in the morning. Could not find a bar anywhere. Pissing down the rain, boozed up, running around, trying to find a bar to watch this game. No chance. Um, I think we ended up in the last bar that was open until 6am, but we um, had a cracking night out. Um but yeah, that was kind of like the, the group in a nutshell, really. I saw a few people that I met traveling in Asia there. I think Serena and Harriet were there. Bumped into them. Had a good catch up with them. Uh, I think they came on out of us, actually. And um, yeah, I mean, Queenstown's amazing. It's an amazing location. You do so much stuff there. The Canyon Swing, the Benji, um, the Bungie, sorry, and also the, the Lujing as well. So it's a pretty decent place to spend your time. The casino's there as well. Great little calves. Yeah, it's a millionaire's playground, really. Uh, from Queenstown, a lot of people stopped. But a few of us in the group headed up to Lake Tekapo, which is unbelievable. Um, and Lake Pukaki is there as well. Um, you see a little church, the famous church in New Zealand by the lake. You see that. It's built, built of stone and stuff. And we checked that out. Some great views there. The, the colours are amazing down there. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Then we popped to Christchurch. Um ghost town it was a building site at the time because the earthquake it was like a building site um, we couldn't do much there but I did see my mate Robbo Robbo is a guy um, who I know from Norwich he was living and working in Christchurch he picked me up in his car and we went for a drink and it was great to catch up with him there um, but mostly for the group we got to the, the kind of hostel like late afternoon early evening it's dark what you do when you turn up dark? Like, there's nothing to do in Christchurch, and the, the bus was going next morning anyway, so nothing to see there. Um, been back since. It is a work in progress, Christchurch, but I think when it's done, it's a beautiful city. But um, for now, um, it's kind of a bit like a building site. Um, then we went up to Kaikoura. Again, at this point, there's very few left in the bus from our group. Um, nothing really happened, really, but we sort of like. I know Chris and Emma are on this bus at this point still. They're going back to Auckland. We kind of got to know them a bit better. And yeah, we just kind of had a few laughs, um, a few beers, and that was it. So in conclusion, um, New Zealand, when you're that sort of early to mid-20s on a queue experience, is unbelievable because you get to see the best of the country with a great group of people on an easy hop-on, hop-off bus with a great driver who's a laugh and gives you the the facts about New Zealand and also you just do some amazing activities and some you see the most unbelievable views um, and have a laugh on the way so I can I can't really recommend it highly enough really if you want something that's a bit more structured for you um, but you're guaranteed to have a great time then the Q experience 
is for you. Now to finish, I do love my quotes. I haven't done one for a while actually, so I'm going to do a quote from Jimi Hendrix. I can't remember if I repeated this or not. But I remember listening to this song by Hendrix live. Uh, I think I've actually said this quote before, but I'm going to say it again because it's great. And I, I was obsessed with this, what he said afterwards. Um, getting to the next song, I think we may, might be really Child or something like that. It's a thing that keeps us alive. It's nothing but determination and so forth and so on, you know? Knowing you're going to get it together. It just kind of says to me, you know, if you keep persevering, you will get there. Where your aim is in terms of travel, to keep the faith. I went back to the UK last week. It wasn't an easy trip in terms of admin, but it was great to go back and, you know, get that feeling in the airport again and where you're going to to next. So um, just keep that alive, that sort of dream of backpacking around again. It will come back. Admittedly, probably be next year, but once countries start to open up a little bit, I think US is starting to open up as well. I know cases are crazy there, but um, there's little flickers on the horizon here. So Europe's doing all right. People are traveling about there. So keep it alive. We'll get it together. I'll finish down that quote. Um, stay safe. It's been a great one. This one that's, I was tend to do half an hour, but almost approaching an hour. So cute experience. Great experience for me. Loved it. And a few guests coming on later in the year, early next year. We can talk about this in depth more as well. I've probably forgotten some stories. I was pretty boozed up most of the time. And or kind of like getting a bit older and forgetting the whole thing. So yeah, I'll get some people on to kind of confirm those stories and expand on those. But for now, I think it's a good start. Hope you enjoy it. Hope it kind of piques your interest for the Q experience going forward in New Zealand. Um, and get planning. And I'd love to hear what you guys got planned next. So stay safe. I'll catch you soon. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to my Winging It podcast today. You can check out my website, jameshammond.org, for all the links to all the platforms for your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. There's a contact form on the homepage for you to get in contact for anything you want me to discuss to do with travelling. Don't forget to check out my Instagram page, James Hammond Travel, where I post daily about my last 10 years of travelling, travelling, and more travelling. Finally, please rate the podcast. I really appreciate it if you can rate it. Leave some comments and I'd love to read them. Stay safe, happy listening, happy reading and be inspired.